going on, ladies and gents? I'm Billy Donnelly, and I'm getting old quickly. Thanks for coming back for another brand new episode of the podcast. For those of you who have been here before, welcome back. You know the lay of the land, and you know what we're here to do. But if this is your first time, also welcome. Welcome aboard on our journey of self-reflection and self-discovery, of introspection and self-improvement. Basically, what we do here is we work put in the work to be better today than we were yesterday and to be better tomorrow than we were today. What am I going to talk about this week? Um, I'm going to dip a little bit more into some personal stuff. You know, the past couple weeks I've been, I've been dealing with more just sort of like ideas in my mind and, 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 and things I've been grappling with on sort of like a grander scale. Uh, sort of bigger picture ideas. But recently, you know, some some more personal stuff has resurfaced for me to sort of want to bring it up and talk about here on on the show. And, you know, granted, there's nothing wrong with, with the big picture stuff because they're all concepts and ideas and premises uh, all, all sorts of things that we want to discuss and address and um, put into action in our lives to try and make ourselves better. But this week, uh, I wanted to talk about, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of how to frame it. You know, like, you know what? I'm not going to frame it. We're just... We're just going to dive right in. Let's, let's do it that way instead. Okay, that'll make it, I think, a little bit easier than for me to try and paint you the picture. Let's just paint the picture as we go. Let's just improvise uh, with this thing. So, um, and, 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 and the reason that I, I'm going to go in this route is because uh, not too long ago, it was uh, it was somebody's birthday. And... And it's weird with certain people in your life, in your lives, in your life, that they're just different things that you remember. Little details along the way that you remember. And a lot of it, I think, has to do with how those people impact your life and the roles that they have played in your life at various points in time, you know, I, th I can, you can remember people's phone numbers, like childhood friends' phone numbers. For some reason, you can still remember those numbers in your head. You haven't dialed them in 25, 30 years, but you remember them. They're in there. You could recall them. You know, even to this day, I could I could remember my grandmother's phone number. To this day, I can remember the code for Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson's punch out. So it's weird that these details of all the things that we choose to remember, of all the things that choose to stay in our heads, it's these just very what feels like trivial details just still are there. And they'll pop up and we'll be able to recall them at, at random times, impressing ourselves because, you know, 
There are days we can't even remember what we ate for lunch yesterday. But there are there are birthdays in my life that I remember along the way. Um, I remember my first girlfriend in high school. I remember her birthday. It was January 28th. I almost, almost remembered my other ex-girlfriend from high school's birthday. I actually just tried to recall it right now. And this is the same one that if you go several episodes back that I got All Lives Mattered by. And so, I don't remember her birthday anymore. I used to remember it because I used to make sure that I reached out over the years on her birthday just to say happy birthday. But it's not in there anymore. So, you know, I guess that's what happens when you create events that call for you to be disremembered. But I also remember my best friend in college's birthday. This is October the 4th, so October the 4th was recently. And, you know, I was on social media that day and where I got the phone notification when I woke up in the morning, which says, you know, Facebook wants to let you know it's so-and-so's birthday today and these other people. And so I remembered it was his birthday because I got that prompt. Um, and normally I would remember, but it's 2020 and time has zero value. So, like, to remember that it was October 4th, you know, I don't know. October so far has felt about seven months long as it is. So from days to days, it's hard for me to recall. But I saw that it was his birthday. And uh, I shot him a text to, you know, wish him happy birthday. And, and it's funny that that happened, you know, whether it's coincidence or the universe or, you know, whatever you want to think. Not too long before that, I had just seen him pop up as active in my instant messenger on my phone and I decided to reach out and just shoot him a message and just, you know, see how things were going, you know, through the pandemic. I know he's, he's got a wife and kids now and, um, you know, just, just like a real brief sort of chit chat, just like a check-in, like, Hey, how's it going? And what it, what it stored, what it, what it prompted me to do at that point in time was to just sort of think about my friend, my friend's name, Jerry, and what happened and where things went wrong. And so today we're going to talk about the story of Jerry, I guess. So I guess we should just start from the beginning. Um, the story of <laughs> the story of Jerry. Uh, because, you know, I went to I left New Jersey after high school, uh, you know, after hating high school and and really wanting to get away. You know, I talked about the girl issues at that point in time and dealing with heartbreak and getting over, you know, first loves in high school and and so on and so forth. And I, and I really just needed to get out of 
there. I need to get out of New Jersey. I need to get away from those people. Uh, and I don't, you know, I don't say you know these people is like a derogatory. Thing. I mean, you know, I needed to get away from all those people. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. I needed to get away from from that that walk of life. I needed to go and sort of find myself, find my own life, my own path in life, what I wanted to do, what I was good at, you know, discover yourself. And I always advise, I advise that of a lot of people. And I understand not everybody has the means to do that. But if you get older and you have an opportunity to leave home to go to college, I, I do think that you should take it because it's hard to grow when you're just living the same life all the time, doing the same things. You don't expose yourself to anything different. You're just constantly in that same comfort zone. And, you know, you got to sort of see other things and meet other people and experience new things that I think is hard to do when you're limited to just the radius, the immediate radius around you. And so I left New Jersey and I went down to Florida and I went to University of Miami and got a scholarship to go down there. And I went down there and I went down there all by myself. There was nobody that I knew who was going down there. Nobody I grew up with who was going down there. No, no quote unquote friends as, as few of them as I had. I, I went down there by myself and to show you just how much I needed to get the hell out of New Jersey. Um, I accepted the offer to go to that school without ever having seen the school. I didn't actually take a tour or visit it until after I had already accepted it and then be like, well, I guess we should figure out what the hell I'm going to and, and what it looks like. And I can't even tell you why I went there. You know, I know I wanted to study film at that point. I was interested in that. And they had a film program that was growing and uh, sort of on the rise. But I I can't really even tell you to this day why I went there. Because that was the only school away from like the northeast part of the country that I applied to. Everything else was like, you know, from like Connecticut up to like Massachusetts. So like all still in the northeast, but nothing below that and so I went to Miami all by myself and um, and you know it is in retrospect looking back you know older and wiser now uh, that's a scary thought to just pick up your life and go somewhere completely different somewhere uh, entirely foreign to you that you don't really know anything about and all alone, all by yourself. But I did it. I went down there and I did it. And I was, you know, gonna figure out how to how to make this how to make this work. And my roommate, you know, I wasn't we didn't gel. Um, that's another story for another day, another podcast. Uh, but um, another episode rather. But, uh, but I got a job on campus working in the intramural department and I was working as a referee for, you know, like intramural flag football and, and so on and so forth. 
And there was a dude who was also working there. And, you know, I started with flag football and I moved into soccer and basketball. And I was refereeing all the sports and it was paying me pretty decently. And, and it gave me a sense of belonging and a sense of purpose because, you know, I started spending more time with that and doing that more regularly. And there was a dude there who was also doing it more regularly and all the time. And his name was Jerry. And we sort of just bonded over the fact that we worked together. And, you know, and I don't even know how it happened, but then we just started hanging out. And he was from Miami. He lived in Coral Gables, which is where the University of Miami is. And um, we just started hanging out. And, you know, hanging out and going to movies, hanging out and going to get something to eat, hanging out and, you know, doing whatever, um, you know, and, and, and I didn't have a car. Uh, so I was, he would be sort of the ride in his, in his Buick with the broken air conditioning. So he had to roll the windows down all the time. And, you know, considering my, my standing in high school, um, you know, I welcomed that. And, you know, we were thick as thieves. Like we were, we were, we were inseparable. We were in different programs too. He was often, uh, at one point, you know, doing sports management. I think that's where ultimately he's, yeah, that's ultimately where he settled. I don't remember if that's where he started, but that's ultimately where he settled. Uh, as far as what he was going to, he was going to major in and, and, and get a degree in. And so I was still in the, in, in film school and the communications school. So, and you know, when we were, um, going to class, we were separate, but working together, we worked similar shifts. We we're hung out all the time. We would go hang out in coconut Grove and, you know, with our fake IDs and getting snuck into bars and clubs, on Thursdays and Fridays and Saturdays. And, you know, we'd go shoot hoops with our boss. And yeah, I mean, we were, we were thick as thieves. We were like fricking frack, you know, just inseparable. And, you know, Jerry was my best friend. And Jerry was probably the first best friend I can honestly say I ever had. I mean, I had friends along the way. I had closer friends. But not to that degree. You know, and especially in high school, it wasn't. It was just like there were a couple of uh, dudes that like I kind of hung out with. And, you know, you just kind of joked around and whatnot. But and there was another there was another guy named Mike in my high school who I got closer with because he knew what I was dealing with. Um, with, with some of it. And there were some other people along the way who I was closer with, but not, not like this. Not that I, I, um, not that I, not that I would say that I relied on, but I guess that this, this is the first time I felt like I had like a rock, like a rock friend in my life, you know, like somebody you could count on if you needed help. Somebody you can go to if you were in trouble or 
a required assistant, somebody that you could talk to, somebody that you could talk about things with. Jerry was my, my first best friend. And, I mean, and it's weird to say that and acknowledge that out loud because I wasn't until, you know, what, 17, 18 years old when it happened. You know, being in, in college. And... You know, and it and it and it felt great, and we were real close. I mean, we were we did everything together. It was, it was, it was. It was um, it was a special relationship for me in my life. You know, Jerry meant a lot to me at that point in time in my life, and. You know, my that was like freshman year. Sophomore year, I, I actually came down to school with a with a car. Um, and so now I was I was responsible for for driving Jerry around because Jerry had did a whole year of um, chauffeur service for me, and so me and my Saturn. Uh, I was I was the designated I was the official driver. Uh, the next year and you know like like here's here's where I can here, here's an example of of how rock solid Jerry was for me Jerry knew that we talked about it you know had crushes in in college there were always sorority girls too because um, working intramurals, the uh, fraternities and the sorority leagues were like big deals. And so, you know, if you work those games, there was a lot of like attention and spotlight on those games. And everybody would be out there and everybody knew us because we were always working all the time. Everybody knew who we were um, if you were involved sort of in that scene because we were always working these games all the time. And so Jerry knew that I had, you know, crushes on a couple of the sorority girls at different points in time. And, um, you know, and one, one time they busted my balls uh, real bad. And this was the, in the beginning, you know, riding around in his Buick. There was a girl named Kristen. And we'll talk about her, I'm sure, at, at some other point when we sort of talk about sort of these... Um, some confidence issues that we'll get into eventually here on the show. Um, but we used to go, we used to do bowling, you know, we used to, cause we were also under 21. So like we could, we can get snuck in and, and we had IDs to a degree, but you know, like the late night, like cosmic bowling and stuff we would go to on the weekends. There were these weird DJ guys who were there who wore like these lightning bolt shirts. They were like old as dirt. Um, but they thought they were real cool and real hip. And I remember very vividly the one time we were there and, um, and they called out that there was, they called out that there was a very special dedication, a, a request made and dedicated to me. And it was from Kristen, this girl who I had a huge crush on. And, you know, I got all excited and, uh, as you know, an 18, 19 year old would, 
And then they played TLC's No Scrubs. And I knew it was from my friends who were just busting my balls. Um, but, you know, when you're in that age range, you also know that that is... And it sucked in that moment, you know, and you put on a... You try to put on a happy face and, you know, it's a, it's a punch in the gut, you know, when that happens. But it, it goes away quickly because you know that it's... It's not done mean-spiritedly. It's done in good fun by people who know you. You know, if somebody who didn't know you did that, you would just go, that would be a fight. But somebody who knows you who does that. And it was funny, you know, in retrospect, it's funny. I mean, the lyrics of the song, like, were my life at that point in time, you know? Hanging out on my best friend's ride. Trying to holla at chicks. So, you know, that, that was one time. But there was another time. I mean, I remember there was another time. It was a girl I had a huge crush on. I mean, she was she was beautiful. There was a uh, this, this blonde named Bree who used to work at, like, the fitness center and Jerry worked there like part time on top of the intramural stuff. And he he put in a word for me and he he got her to call me one time and talk to me. And, you know, I don't remember the conversation. I don't remember what we talked about. Nothing really ever became of that either. But I do know that. He did that for me. And he knew that it would it meant a lot to me. And he knew that I didn't have the guts to go get that myself or to put forth the effort myself, to put myself out there, really. And so he did what he could to make that happen, to do to do what he could, to do what a best friend would. And so, you know, when you, when you, when you dive into these things that happen along the way, you know, they make you smile and they make you feel good and they make you feel all warm and fuzzy because they're, they're, they're pleasant memories. They're good memories. And... You know, then eventually things just sort of went, things went sour. And I can't even tell you why. I know that, well, I know this. So this is, this is, and this is once again my point of view. So, you know, but this is what I do remember. I remember at one point you're dating a girl named Monica um, and, you know, Monica became priority one because that's Jerry's girlfriend. And so first, that's a huge shift in the dynamic of a friendship. You know, when you're used to just hanging out with somebody all the time, you know, um, then all of a sudden you're, you're, you're either sort of like cut out or you're the third wheel you know, because you yourself don't have some, like, your own partner, your own pairing. 
So that was a little bit hard. And I remember, I remember being resentful of Monica at that time because Monica was, you know, stepping into this thing that was rock solid as far as I was concerned. And so, you know, I, I think that's, I think some cracks started to go there. And, and also, if I remember correctly, um, you know, that was like one of Jerry's first real girlfriends um, and relationships. And, you know, when you're younger, when you're younger, you don't know a damn thing about balance. When you're younger, especially when you get a girlfriend, like, you know, that's, that's a major stuff right there. You know, the hormones are racing and you think you got to spend all your time with them and you don't want them to leave because who doesn't want a significant other to, to love them or care for them or give them attention and especially when you're in that age range, high school, college, now you're getting like regular sex. Who wants to give that up? Who wants to who wants to push that away? You know that that becomes that becomes number one. So, you know that that started to to fracture some things a little bit, I think. And you know, eventually they broke up. Like right after spring break too. I think he, he liked her to a point and then we all went on a spring break trip together. And I remember him telling me too, there was something like she, she gave my change away. You know, like we had to chip in some money like collectively for something. And, you know, it was like an odd number of, you know, it was like an odd change, you know, like, I don't know, like, like a dollar 35 or, you know, like 287 or like whatever it was. It wasn't like a whole dollar amount or like a $5 or $10. It was like some fraction off. And, you know, when, and when you're in college, like every dollar counts for something, um, you know, especially like some of it just goes to alcohol. Uh, but, but I remember asking for it and she was like, well, I gave it, a, I, I, I just gave it into like whatever. And I remember him telling me that that really bothered him that, that she made the decision on what to do with my change and sort of like decided, well, I don't, I don't, I don't think this is working out. And, and, and sort of, they moved on from there and, you know, and then things sort of went back to normal once Monica was out of the picture and, you know, and I don't, I don't begrudge Monica at all, but I, at that point in time, you know, Monica was, um, Monica was an intrusion into, into the, the boys, you know, into, into the guys, into what we had. And there were, and there were more of us, you know, like we hung out with our boss, uh, Jason, we used to like play cards and he was, he would hang out with us all the time. And he was older than us, but we never saw him like in that way. We just, he was just a dude that we hung out with, you know, and, and we worked for him, but he was, he was also sort of new to the area when we first came in. And so like he found us and we found him, but 
But Jerry and I were always just sort of like, you know, we were the two peas in a pod. And then, you know, then Jerry found a uh, another girlfriend at the time. And um, Jerry started dating this girl, Rachel. Uh, right around the very same time that I started dating a girl named Melissa. And our girlfriends couldn't have been more different. They definitely weren't like in the same friend circle um, or connected in any way, shape or form. In fact, I'm pretty sure they just didn't. I don't think they liked each other. I mean, you know, like if, if we had to like hang out, I'm sure they would like get a, you know, they would like be pleasant. But I don't think that they were like choice individuals for each other. And, um, Jerry started hanging out with, with her and her circle of friends. And I started hanging out a lot with Melissa. And so like that divide has started to grow wider and we still hung out and we, you know, we went to our football tailgates together and, you know, we still did, you know, things together, but it wasn't anywhere near what it was. And, you know, I wasn't really fond of Rachel and I don't think Jerry was really fond of Melissa, you know, and I don't think that that helped either because then it became difficult, you know, when you, when you have like steady girlfriends at that point in time, you know, it's difficult to sort of talk to your best friend about, you know, what your situation is, what you're dealing with, what you're going through. And because you know that they don't, they don't approve of, of who you're with, I guess. And so I think that that also like helped push us further apart. And, you know, and it's, and it's really unfortunate, you know, it really is because on top of that, you know, on top of that, we went to California, uh, three of us. It was myself, my girlfriend, Melissa and Jerry. And we went out there for the Rose bowl Miami was playing in the national championship uh, against Nebraska. So we went out to California. We were sharing a hotel together, the three of us. Melissa's mom, I think, hooked us up with a deal um, or, or some points or something like that to get like a good room or reduced rate or something like that. And, um, and we got a car. We got a car together because, you know, from... Uh, LA Hex to Anaheim was a bit of a trip and in order to get around like Los Angeles and California it would be difficult if you didn't have a car so we got a car and even I remember at the rental car place like we got talked into getting like a like a convertible you know they were like oh you're in California and it's your first time here and why not and we all agreed okay we'll get it not once did we put that top down it was too chilly for us to do it we never did it so you know we got snookered a bit on that but I remember you know going out there with us the three of us and you know like this is the first time I had ever been to California um I don't and I don't know about the rest of them but you know this is the first time I went out there and to this day it's the only time I've ever been out to California and so I wanted to make the most of it I wanted it to be a good trip 
And, you know, I remember us like, you know, we went out to eat uh, like once or twice maybe. And then I think we were, we were trying to figure out like things to do. And what Jerry at that point wanted to do on one of the days was he wanted to go meet up with our boss who was out there with some other people. And they were just going to go to like the ESPN zone and sit and watch like bowl games one day, like just nonstop bowl games. And I thought that that was stupid. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I mean, I'm not even going to try and like sugarcoat it. I just thought that was a dumb idea because I could have done that at home, you know, on my couch. I didn't want to, I didn't think I needed to fly, you know, 3000 miles across the country to go sit in a recliner in a sports bar and just watch college football on TV. And so, you know, we had like an argument about it. And to that degree, I think we were looking into like going to Universal Studios or going to Disneyland, like doing something that, you know, only at that point, Los Angeles and California could offer us. You know, or, or drive around, you know, where the, the Chinese theater is and, you know, Sunset Boulevard and do some like sightseeing and stuff. And he wasn't interested in that. He just wanted to do this. And so he left. He left the room and he went to go and stay with our boss, I think, at their hotel. And me and my girlfriend decided we were going to go to Disneyland and we drove around, did some sightseeing as well. But I remember when the trip was over, um, he didn't want to pay for the car. He didn't want to, or you or only want to chip in a portion of it because he, because he left us and, and wasn't part of using the car in the other days. He didn't want to pay for those days. And, you know, looking back, I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the breaking point because I thought that was real. Just a real awful way to, to treat your friend and a terrible way to address the situation. And, and, you know, and things were never, things never were the same after that. I mean, not that I remember, at least. You know, I'm sure we still hung out, like, periodically, you know, in more, like, group settings. But, because I continued to date Melissa. He was still dating Rachel. I think once they broke up, I was still dating Melissa. I mean, I dated Melissa for a number of years. So, you know, uh, my efforts went into that. And... You know, looking back, it's really unfortunate that that happened. You know, when he finished school and he went to grad school, he went to University of Florida and he went to the Masters and he met people there and he had friends up there and so on and so forth. And I never went up and like visited him or anything like that. I don't, he never invited me to go up either. Um, you know, and he would come back down and, um, you know, his family was still in Miami, but... That was, uh, that was kind of it. And over the years, you know, we would touch base periodically. I mean, he invited me to his wedding. 
um, which I didn't go to. And, you know, I kind of regret that I didn't go. And it wasn't, it wasn't like out of spite or anything either. It was, um, my wife at this point now, she was, she was pregnant. That was our first, our first kid. If I, if I have the timing right, I think that's, I think that's how it shook out. She was pregnant with the first kid, so she wasn't going to be able to go. And it was just going to be me. And I think I was apprehensive about going by myself and sort of walking into, you know, this situation. And I think, you know, we were also sort of uh, saving for the baby and, you know, to, to, you know, with the flights and the hotels and all that. Like, I didn't, I didn't want to, and I wasn't working at that point either, I don't think. And so I... Seeing where our relationship and our friendship had gone over the years and how it wasn't anywhere near what it once was, um, it didn't it didn't feel like a good ask for funds or our resources to go to the wedding. And you know, we're a number of years removed from that now but I, I I wish I would have gone I do wish that I would have gone and if only for you know and this is also uh, I'm going to guess subconsciously why I did not go was I didn't want to be reminded that things had fallen off the cliff and, 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 and gone so badly. And, you know, and that's not the time or the place to sort of like discuss any of those things. He's there for his wedding. He's there to celebrate and get married with his wife and his family and other friends. And so, you know, I'm not going to make it about me or put anybody on the spot or, or do anything along those lines. So, you know, in retrospect, like, would it have been nice to go and maybe, like, just have one night that felt like the old days? That felt like those glory days? That felt like recapturing those those moments where we were, like, the best of friends? Yeah. I regret not taking that chance to feel that again, to revisit that again. But I definitely, you know, on top of the, you know, not not wanting to rock the boat in my own home, I'm sure that there was, there was a fear of being there, especially by myself, and feeling excluded, feeling not part of it, feeling, you know, not involved. In like just sort of there. Because, you know, I know that he stayed close with our old boss, Jason, and some other people. And over the years, like they've gone to get they've gotten together and like gone on trips and done all sorts of things. And I've I was never included in any of that or invited along on any of that or brought into any of that. And so and, and I never wanted to force my way into it and never wanted to bring it up either. I never wanted, you know, 
I don't want to be a pity invite or, um, or guilt trip people into including me. I always wanted to sort of be included on my own merits, you know, cause who wants to feel like they're only along because somebody feels bad. You know, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to go down that road. That's not where I'm looking to go. You know, but I bring all this up too. You know, and, and, and I thought about reaching out to him. You know, I thought about asking him, uh, you know, if he had more time to talk beyond where I just recently checked in. Cause that's probably the first time I talked to him, you know, more than like, Hey, how's it going? Or like, Hey, happy birthday or something like that in, in years, in years. And, you know, I bring it up because of the fact that, you know, what do we talk about here regularly? Talking about things, processing your feelings, expressing yourself. And I can't help but wonder, you know, to play the what if game, I guess. Can't help but wonder... how things might have gone differently. How things might have gotten resolved, if they might have gotten resolved. If we would have sat down and just talked about what had happened and got so much of this out on the table... And just hashed it out and tried to move on. But instead, I don't. we never did that. Instead, everything was just sort of bottled up. And, you know, that created so... That created more problems than anything. Because then my friend was gone. And that's sad to me. You know, that's it's sad to me because it didn't have to be like that. It didn't. And then it was. And then it was too late. And, and you know, and being 2021, 20, your pride is, is stupid. Because all it would have really taken was for, for us to talk about things and for somebody to say that they were sorry. But, being right was more important. You know, not caving in. I'm not, I didn't do anything wrong. I was right. And so you refuse to move off of that. You refuse to move off of that. And what does it prove? Nothing. Sure, you can in your head be like, ha ha, I was right. I didn't give in. 
What does that do? You get a medal for that? You get a trophy for that? You get any sort of reward? No, what do you get? Self-satisfaction. Sometimes it's not important who's right. Who cares? I mean, you know, in some circumstances, being right absolutely matters. You're on Jeopardy, who's right matters. Look at how we treat people in the world and the way that history works out. Sure, there's certain regards where being right matters. Who's right in circumstances like this? It just it just created damage. And it left me with the rubble of a friendship. And it created along the way a climate for me that became increasingly difficult to find true friends in. Because at that point, it was harder for me to trust anybody that much, to let the walls down because my friend was gone and it hurt and it sucks and even talking about it now all these years later and putting it into perspective it still hurts and it still sucks because it was probably it was probably avoidable and who knows who knows where things may have gone? Who knows? Maybe we would have grown apart at some point in time. Maybe we would have just had, you know, different ideas or, or values or directions we wanted to head into our lives. Who knows? Who knows? But at least looking at that moment in time... You know, I lost my friend. I lost my best friend. And it never recovered. And other than my wife, now, that was probably the last best friend I ever had. that's over 20 years ago so when I tell you process your feelings when I tell you to talk about things it's not it's not for show it's because you really need to 
whether you're younger or older or somewhere in the middle. You have to. Because communication between parties not that it makes things easier but it makes things salvageable it gives you a chance and if something's important to you something matters to you something's a priority to you all you should want is that chance it's not a guarantee it's not a promise but it's a chance chance to keep it together chance to keep it rolling chance to keep those things in your life and on that note I'm going to call time alright let's send you out of here with all the things you need to know email address here at the podcast that's gettingoldquicklypod at gmail.com You want to send me a comment, question, feedback? I'm here for it, and I will read it. Gettingoldquicklypod at gmail.com. And I'll even give you a response back as best as I can. So, if you got something on your mind you want to send here to the show, that's the way to do it. Podcast is available on everywhere podcasts are basically available. So, you choose your preferred podcast distribution model. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and so many others. Subscribe, make life easy on yourself so you don't have to chase the podcast regularly. Just get it. Just have it be brought to you when we drop a new episode every single Monday. So subscribe to the podcast and make your life easy. And if you're on Apple Podcasts in particular, make sure you rate and review the podcast. Huge help to us. You know, five stars for our five-star effort if I've earned it. And jot down in a few words, preferably in sentence form, what you like about the podcast, what you dig about the podcast, why you think others may check it out, you know, a review. So subscribe, rate, and review. And the other key is to help spread the word yourself. Share the podcast on social media. On Twitter, you can find us at Getting Old Quick. Facebook, facebook.com slash Getting Old Quickly. And on Instagram, at Getting Old Quickly. Retweeting, liking, sharing, commenting, all those things help anytime we post anything about the episodes and just in sharing word about the podcast anyway. If you talk about something that you think somebody else should check out and listen to, please, your word of mouth, you vouching for us, that's a huge deal. And I always greatly appreciate and I'm thankful for anybody at any point in time who throws their weight and behind supporting the podcast. So, Thank you for all that you do. Thanks for listening. I know it was a heavy episode this week, but really want to get that out. Uh, really want to get that out this week. So, yeah, thanks for thanks for thanks for being here for me to lean into some days. Okay.
I'm Billy Donnelly. I'm getting old quickly. And just remember, getting old doesn't suck. It just kind of happens.